Born Thought Life podcast. I'm your host, Michael Anderson. And if you love the show, please continue to support us by going out to wherever you listen to us and providing us with a rating and a review. And thank you so much for each of you who have already done that and for those that will make time to complete this act of love. Thank you so much. Very much appreciated. Overcoming the feelings of emptiness is today's topic. You have to ask yourselves, or I have to ask myself at one point, because I went through this personally some time ago. I had reached the height of my career. I was at the absolute pentacle. Everything that I imagined that could take place as a result of me reaching that milestone, it in fact did take place. All sorts of doors were opening simultaneously. It was just the greatest thing that I could accomplish from a generational standpoint and then also just from a coach slash mentor standpoint. But what I found, family, is that once I got to that point that I'd been coveting, striving for, and pursuing for the number of years that it took to get there, when I got there, I noticed it wasn't what I thought it would be. I didn't have that overwhelming sensation of joy and glee. It was like, okay, so this is what it's like. All right. On further observation, what I came to understand is that a portion of my identity was predicated on my work. I needed external validation, which I felt like I was getting in massive quantities. But because that didn't originate from within me, because I didn't know how to change the locus of control from an external desire or need for someone to give me a pat on the back to an internal, hey, look what we've done. Check out this thing that we've done. Great job, Michael Anderson. Great job, Michael the Being. That simply didn't take place. And there was an emptiness, an unfulfilled period that I went through until I reconciled my feelings to come to a place where I am now, where my locus of control is internal and not external. I don't require anyone to approve of me, to approve of the things that I do. As a result, I'm a much better version of myself. So why do we feel empty? That, 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 that feeling of melancholy, sadness, boredom, loneliness, or confusion. Sometimes it's even tied to our life pursuits and our goals and achievements or lack thereof. And then I've also seen others who don't have the motivation that is required to help them get to the next level. Nonetheless, the feeling of being empty or the feeling of emptiness is a very normal feeling and you shouldn't feel as though you're going off the rails. There are numerous experiences that might be at play here to include within our body different emotional cycles that we may go through or different hormonal cycles or maybe there are life events. It could be something as simple as having to maintain distance while in a line or wearing a mask everywhere you go as we had to do when we were in the height of COVID. You know, life stages, life changes, situations occur, and all of these things 
can have an impact on us and create these feelings of emptiness. should also be noted that the feeling of emptiness, when it's prolonged or has a prolonged duration, it can lead to depression. I nor the universe want that for you, family. So today, we're going to unpack what's occurring when we feel empty and share with you some techniques that you can use to overcome emptiness. So what's occurring when we feel empty? I'm going to share with you some of the most common scenarios that we find in psychology that aid to this situation. And the first one is losing touch with yourself. And it's not unusual for someone to lose touch with themselves every once in a while. A lack of insight into yourself may lead to lingering feelings of emptiness. You know, some people call this living without purpose. If this fits your bill or if this resonates with you, head over after you finish this podcast, head over to our collection and take a look at future planning. We did a complete episode on how to address this whole purpose storyline, as well as there's a separate episode for short and long term goal setting. If you need clarity, if you need assistance with defining what your next steps ought to be with respect to your purpose, we can help you there. And we know that not having specific goals or dreams that you're constantly stretching and reaching for can create this set of circumstances quite easily. Because when you get up in the morning, if you have goals, you're in pursuit of them. If you don't have goals, psychology says that you're drifting or one is drifting. There isn't any fulfillment that you can really realize at your core when you're drifting. And losing touch with yourself can come from even having toxic relationships or relationships that are out of balance, that you're the principal giver and there's hardly any giving back to you. And sometimes demands on the job can create this situation where we're losing touch with ourselves. And if I'm honest, a lot of the things that we do or feel with respect to losing touch with ourselves is imposed on us by ourselves. So losing touch with yourself is number one. Number two is unresolved past experiences. Feelings of melancholy might have to do with a long grieving process that hasn't been properly vetted. You know, if you've had some scenarios that were traumatic, maybe they're in the area of abandonment, or maybe they were, you know, other painful life experiences, maybe there was a tremendous loss, and that came to you early in life as a child, or maybe you're like me and you had trauma during your most impressionable years, these things can come back with tremendous force, kick us right out of our current good positive mindset state and into a state where we're starting to question things. We have to feel comfortable openly talking about and exploring emotions. When I grew up, it, it wasn't really cool to have conversations like that. 
Like I grew up in the projects. Nobody even talks about this type of stuff. It was like taboo. You couldn't get help even if you needed it because, well, if someone asks you where you been and you say you were at a counselor, and all of a sudden you're going to get ostracized from the community. You just simply could not afford to have that happen. So we didn't even talk about things like we're talking about now. And so I'm so fortunate to be able to pull up with you here and impart some of this information. And sometimes if the pain was deep and, and painful, thinking and talking about the significance of those past events can be very, very freeing. If you haven't gone through a proper grieving process, perhaps you might want to consider that because one thing we know is stuffing feelings, it doesn't work. It elongates the problem, and we've already noted that by doing so, depression can enter in, and we don't want anything to do with that. Number three is not addressing your own needs. You know, for some people, taking care of others might come first, and as a result of their devotion to that other person, they themselves are placed on the back burner, and You know, you can do that for a small period of time, but you can't do that for a very long period of time because it will start to create this very set of circumstances that we're talking about right now. Addressing our needs is is very fundamental. You need to feel that happiness and that glee, you know, that you get when you get to do something that you desire to do. Everyone needs support and care. Each of us has to ensure that we get what we need and we have to make the appropriate time for it. Not taking care of you can lead to anxiety, guilt, shame. If you remember from other episodes, we've identified these as low-level vibrations. And the low-level vibrations don't allow us to sustain a state where we can be at our best. We've got to take the time to address these things and make time for ourselves to make sure that we have all that we need to be as productive as we can possibly be. And the amount of time that you spend on social media might also affect how you feel and could be fueling these feelings of emptiness. Think through the time that you spend on the different platforms, who your following is, the type of content that you're bringing into your mind, to your heart, because if it's not positive and if it's feeding a subconscious program that's already currently not working for you, that's going to create a set of circumstances or a cycle that is perpetual. We don't want to be in perpetual negative cycles. Number four, not having significant relationships. There was a study conducted by Harvard University. The topic was adult development. It was one of the longest studies that was ever done about adult life. And the study concluded that maintaining close and healthy relationships is one of the most important aspects of human experience. If you don't have a significant other at the moment, consider a support group. If you attend a church, consider a life group. 
or a life coach, a mastermind. You need someone to give you love, to give you support, to provide that connectedness with you. If you're familiar with higher needs, this is one of the five higher needs. And I want to remind you that it's not about how many relationships you have, but rather the quality of the relationship. Remember what I shared with you about one of my speaker mentors, Mr. Les Brown. OQP, practice OQP, only quality people. Emotional intimacy, support, active listening, and company are all important. When any of these elements are missing from our lives, it could lead to feelings of emptiness. I want to transition at this point now and talk you through six steps for overcoming the feeling of emptiness. Number one, acknowledge the emptiness with compassion. If you're experiencing emptiness, acknowledge it. Don't try to stuff it or hide it or tuck it away or any of those sort of things. Acknowledge that this thing is going on. It's taking place right now and that it requires your attention. Let's not be our toughest critic at this moment. Let's exercise compassion. Remember that you're doing the best you can at any given moment. So it's not okay to beat yourself up if there's a shortcoming, a flaw, or a brief loss that you experience. It's quite all right. It's quite natural. We start by recognizing your own feelings and needs. And even if challenging, try to avoid dismissing yourself and your feelings. If your feelings are linked to a loss that you experience, consider allowing yourself time and space to grieve about that. I know you've heard me say that I have a defined window that I allow these sort of emotions into my life, but sometimes these things are a lot larger and they require more time. If that's a scenario that you're ever, you're ever faced with, and I would recommend that you implement the five stages of grief. And if the loss involves someone leaving you physically or emotionally, you've deployed some of the things that we've talked about or continue to talk about, and you're still not getting out of that scenario or out of that mindset and out of this feeling of emptiness, I would encourage you to get some professional help. There's nothing wrong with that. I've done it multiple times, and if it ever happened to me again, I wouldn't think a second about doing it again. And finally, don't be your toughest critic. Be compassionate to yourself. Speak to yourself gently and kindly at all times. Number two, discover your feelings of emptiness. I like to journal. I'm going to recommend that you journal as well. It is a tremendous release and it's a great way to document how you're actually feeling. You can check in with yourself a couple of times a day. If you don't want to take a big book around with you, that's totally cool. You can do it on various apps for both Apple and Android. But consider the following questions because they will help you to discover what's actually going on on the inside. Am I asserting myself in my decisions and respecting 
my personal opinions? Am I showing myself compassion like I would show to a close friend or family member? Am I blaming myself or feeling guilty about things that are out of my control? What am I trying to prove or win? Am I focusing solely on the needs of another person? Have I turned toward behaviors or addictions to avoid my feelings? Am I actively tending to my physical and health needs? Are my feelings being considered in my relationships or am I minimizing what I'm feeling? Do I tell myself positive things? Have I been judging myself or comparing myself with others? Those are great statements to begin unpacking these feelings of emptiness and discovering what's really going on in your inner being. Number three, save time for yourself. You know that I have a morning routine and an evening routine. I talk more about the even, the morning routine than I do the evening routine. But it's very important for me because the morning routine really gives me a solid footing to start the day. It sets the tone and tempo. I get up and I immediately enter into a place of gratitude and thanksgiving. It makes it difficult for negativity or in this case, prolonged emptiness to keep coming back day after day after day. I feel within my own life that my positivity most certainly outweighs my negativity. And therefore, my morning routine and my evening routine where I review how I actually did the day against my morning routine, that also includes visualization. It also includes prayer. It also includes meditation. How well did I do? What adjustments do I need to make going into the next day? Take some time to do some things that uplift you, that give you energy, that give you a I can do it mentality. Explore your goals, explore your desires, explore your fears, your hopes, and your dreams. Just get real clear on all of those things think it goes without saying, if you don't have time set aside for these activities, then they won't get done. Make you a priority in the same way that you make your job a priority, in the same way that you make the people that you care about a priority. Save some cycles specifically for you so that you can get your batteries recharged. Number four, Satisfying higher needs through connections. After sitting with your feelings and exploring them, you might find it helpful to connect with others. And we've already mentioned that perhaps you're a part of some mastermind or maybe it's a support group, a church group. You're connecting with a mentor, whatever the case may be. Reaching out to these types of entities, people, friends, and family can help you feel better, especially if you're not able to confide in a significant other or someone that you're doing life with in a real intimate level. This specific higher need has to be fulfilled. Until it is, it's going to leave a bit of a void in your life. Practice regularly connecting with loved ones, 
You can find similar connections through other types of organizations that you may be interested in. If you have a hobby, maybe that's getting together with some of your hobbyists after work on the weekend and just sharing and connecting through your hobby. I've done that and I've created some fantastic friendships that have been lifelong through that. Number five, practice self-care. Don't neglect your daily care no matter what. This is something that you shouldn't feel ashamed of. This is something that you should set as a super high priority in the list of things that you have to do. And in the same way that you make time for yourself, you need to make time to do things that energize you, that pump you up, that give you that thrust of energy you need to go after the, whatever it is you're going after, your dream, your goal, your aspiration, your career advancement, whatever the case is. When you're practicing good self-care, there's some other dimensions to this that I want to just lightly touch on. You have to think about your nutrition garbage in, garbage out. You can't have a high carb, high sugar, high fat diet. That's just not going to work out for you, especially if you're already experiencing these feelings of emptiness. You got to get plenty of sleep. It's important that we exercise to keep proper muscle tone. There should be a, a good mix of aerobic and anaerobic exercise at least three to four times a week. And then you want to make sure that the people that you allow around you are nourishing you, are uplifting you, and providing you with positive energy, positive vibrations. You all know that I am wholeheartedly support mindfulness. It was a gateway for me into this specific space, uh, particularly on self-development. Consider taking a mindfulness course or listening to some mindfulness techniques on YouTube. And if you're so inclined, perhaps you could begin practicing something like yoga or Tai Chi. All of these things work as great outlets to release all of the cares of life and some of these feelings that are persistent. And you might want to also limit the amount of time that you spend with energy zappers. When you're doing self-care, that ought to be something that you look forward to when you go into that mode, into that space with these people, with these activities. They should all pump you up. And if they're not, then you want to steer clear of those. Last one is commend yourself. And I can't say enough about this one. You're going to have to Get used to the idea of being your chief cheerleader. You're doing the best you can do with the resources at hand. Mistakes are okay. Screw-ups are okay. A momentary or temporary failure is okay. None of these things are permanent. By taking a compassionate approach, what you're able to do is build yourself up from the inside out. I mentioned earlier, I have an internal locus of control. I don't require anyone to pat me on the back to say thank you even. I do all of that myself so I don't have a reliance on anyone. 
You may have a personality type that does not allow you to easily do that. I will share with you that this is a learned skill and anyone can learn it. And I do most certainly support the idea of having an internal locus of control. It will help you in more ways to enrich your ability to be your best friend, to be your chief cheerleader, to come to a place where you respect your capabilities, your contribution to the things that are taking place in your life. And it dispels any excuses because external things didn't line up quite right and says very, very clearly, very strongly that you have that responsibility. You have taken that responsibility. You're owning it. You're being accountable for it. And dadgummit, you're executing on it. That will keep you going when nothing else will. The self-reliance component. Family, I really hope that this was helpful for you and helpful for your understanding. And that's going to conclude this episode. Thank you very much for your time and for your attention. We do ask you to share this episode with family and friends. Tag me on IG at your thought life, Y-O-R, thought life, and leave a comment. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. And you are you.